Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast. Our glorious leader, Freddie, is not with us. He's away in America. So you've got to put up with me for hosting. I'm joined by Adam and Gareth. We're going to go over week two is in the books. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the upsets, the comebacks, the disappointment. Uh, so, yeah, let's get right into it. Adam, week two, what were your thoughts? It was all a bit mental, wasn't it, really? It was It was pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, you know, some crazy results. Miami coming back from so far behind against, um, you know, one of the better teams as well in the Ravens. So that was pretty mental. The Jets coming back and winning. Uh, you know, that's another one that was just insane. Uh, you know, the mighty Joe Flacco. There, I don't think anyone saw that one coming when they were about 14 points behind or plus. Um, yeah, and just I think I I heard today that it's the first time since 2011 that the the Jets, the Jags, the Lions, and the Giants have all won on one single weekend. And uh, maybe, just maybe, we might be starting to see a bit of a turn in fortune for some of these teams that have been struggling for a long time. Or maybe it was just a complete fluke. Who knows? But Who you knows? never know. Who knows? Uh, and Gareth, you've got to be really happy with uh, with week two. Obviously, your Eagles are quite impressive. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, no, to be fair, you can't complain. Um we were up against a team that, having watched them beat the Packers, was supposed to be one of the best at the in the in the conference, and yet we made them look very average for most of the game. Um, I think Jalen Hurts probably had a, a perfect half as a quarterback. That the, the yardage, the runs. I don't think there was. It was basically almost like watching Vic. I know it's obviously a bit of a reach that very early on, but like it's reminded me of like Vic-esque with how he was, particularly that long ball to Quez Watkins for a guy who apparently doesn't have an arm that seemed to go a sizable distance. Um, over. So for me, very, very happy. But then again, I can't be the only person on this call happy with their results as well because they've got a clean sweep of wins for a red treat for us all. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, there's more positive to take for, for me, obviously, being a Giants fan and uh, scraping through another victory. And uh, Graham Gano just sort of seems a bit automatic for the last two seasons. So, um, yeah, I'm going to rely on defence and Gano at the moment. That seems to be the way forward for us. Um, I think we can use him in the next couple of weeks. I think, you know, there's a, there is a strong possibility we could go 4-0. So I am a happy boy. And... Uh, Adam, you've got you've got to be a happy boy. Uh, the Packers bouncing back uh, and you know looking like a little bit more like themselves. Still not trusting those young receivers, but definitely a good performance. Yeah, it, um, a better performance. And as as we always know with the Packers, they like to take week one off. Apparently, it's a new thing that they have decided to do. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it was better. The the one thing I, I mean, the Bears were. It's it's rough, isn't it? It really is in Chicago at the moment for them. They really struggled. Uh, I thought that what I saw, I, I thought that Justin Fields was okay, but he's he's not got anything there to help him. This is the problem. It, it's such a tough 
tough gig for him at the moment. And um, he basically needs to be playing I, water polo, doesn't he? It's the only chance yeah. of winning a game is if they're playing under like three feet of water. Yeah, it, it's it's not great for him at the moment. And uh, I don't know. I don't see it changing. I think that's the problem with the Bears. I, I just don't really see it changing. Uh, but yeah, it was great to get a win. I wouldn't get mega, mega excited about it because, as you said, the the rookies still not really being used that much. Uh, Sammy Watkins was used quite a bit more than what he was in the first week. Obviously, Lazard back was a massive plus for him. Jenkins back on the O-line is a huge plus for them. Um, hopefully, Bakhtiari will decide that his body can play at some point. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's one of them where it's uh, you know just a little bit better. And this is what you saw last year with the Packers; they slowly sort of got a bit better and better. Having said all that, you know, Bucks away next uh, next week is is never a good place for Rogers. Never has been. So um, I, I must admit, I wouldn't have been shocked if we were one and two after the first three weeks. I really wouldn't. But after that, I think you'll start seeing an improvement. Well, to be fair, they are minus a key wide receiver, the Bucks, due to the yeah. suspension of Evans. And they've gone out of the way to basically sign a veteran to the practice from the practice to the practice squad in in a player that most people have heard on Cole Beasley, I suppose is not too bad as a player to be bringing in. But from the Cole to know the playbook and to change a t- team I think you've got to be going into that game as the favourite with actually having a team that has it its full complement as opposed to Brady kind of almost having a patchwork team around him at the moment yeah I, I mean so Evans is suspended Julio Jones missed Sunday because he was injured so we don't know if he's going to be back Chris Godwin will probably miss the game I know he's, is it a hamstring injury I think he's got so that's that's something that is you know, it, it's a niggly injury. It's not something they come back quick from. Um, yeah, I mean, that's your first three wide receivers. Um, the one thing I would say is what we saw this weekend is that if history tells us anything, then it, it kind of, you know, it tends to happen again and again. And uh, yeah, Rogers has always struggled in that one. So I, I wouldn't... Uh, yes, we probably should be favourites because we're actually you know, got most of our team fit, but even still we he struggles a lot in that in that uh stadium. So I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm I wouldn't say I'm hundred percent positive on it, I must say. Uh, you, you say history always uh is, is a key thing for it. Brady got the win against the Saints, so he's already uh managed to tick one off of his list and so maybe Rogers can get one back. And for the Buccaneers for me the, Week one and week two, they've really, really, really struggled to put points on the board. They didn't put any points on the board till the fourth quarter. Uh, I know it was a bit of a brawl and a bit of a battle, uh, but they look like they're struggling. And, and you know, the Packers' defense is no joke. So it's going to be a struggle for them to put points up. So, I, you know, I'm, I'd probably favor. I think the, the Packers should be favorites in that. But uh, that, that's our teams. That's our success. We all got to win. Uh, but let's move on to some of the other teams. Uh, Gareth, is there anything really standing out from, from week two that you, uh, you'd like to bring to the table? Someone that we traditionally don't really talk about. As we mentioned earlier, some of the underdog teams actually getting wins. Like, I, I was up in the air whether I was going to talk about Detroit or the Jags. But do you know what? I'm going to throw it out and go with the Jags this week. 
Um, I know they're playing against a Colts team right now, which seems to have gone from being a, a team that people are thinking for the playoffs to suddenly being a team that people might be thinking is one of the worst in football at the moment. But they just dominated every aspect of that game. Um, between Trevor Lawrence actually looking like the quarterback that that was supposed to be drafted in the first place, which the thing from my, my point of view, and I've got a bit of soft spot for Doug Peterson anyway, because he was the former Eagles head coach who finally delivered us the Super Bowl. And you almost start thinking, is he the is he finally the guy who's going to get Trevor Lawrence playing as this elite quarterback that we were all hearing about? And end of the day, I look back to what Doug was like with a young Carson Wentz when Carson came through. And he turned him from being this quarterback to almost have an MVP season. Now, I'm not saying that's in the future for the rest of this season. But I do think they're a better team than most people give them credit for. I think they're, don't get me wrong, they're not going to set the league alight, I don't think. They're not, I'm not going to claim they're going to win the division in any way, shape or form. But I do think that they are going to be competitive this year and will surprise a few teams. Um, so that's basically who I want to talk about. And I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are. Adam? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to, you know, the Jags was kind of the one of the, few topics that I was going to mention I yeah they look really competitive you know that's the word I think is is definitely they they've been missing that over the last few years and I feel like they're they're competitive now and that they've got a chance I do feel like it it might um it might peter off a little bit in the next couple of weeks I mean I just had a quick look they've got to play the Chargers next week and then they've got the Eagles and they're away to both of them as well so I mean that's that's a tough uh, couple of games that they've got coming up, but you know they do have the Texans, they do have the Colts again, who seem to be struggling. They've got the Giants, who I know are two and zero, but you know it is a little bit like the the points that the Giants are putting up are not necessarily massive game winning totals. So if the Jags can get on a, a bit of a run, then there is that. Again, they've got the Broncos at home. You know, this is another game where the Broncos just, it's not quite working at the moment. They could get something from that in, you know, and they're going to be in London as well for that game. So it's like there is a, there are games there that are winnable for them and they look, they look competitive and they look solid. And the defense looks, you know, we've, we've always come out and said, oh, there's a couple of, good young players on that defence. I think bringing Trayvon Walker on has really made a big difference to that D-line and has has really helped them out a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they look like they can do something in the defence. And offensively, as you said, Doug Peterson, he's a bit of a quarterback whisperer that we've known for a, a little while now. I think that certainly is going to help more than whatever Urban Meyer did last year for Trevor Lawrence. And they're always going to go for it on fourth down as well, because that's always been his style as well. Exactly. They're always going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that's that's definite that they've they've got that in the locker where they're you know they're gonna be that bit more aggressive. They're gonna do more. Obviously we kind of know that there's a bit of a almost like a Jacksonville tax when it comes to buy bringing in free agents and then costing them more money. But they have bought in some good 
players. You know, these guys are not bad wide receivers. They might not be the best in the league, but they are decent wide receivers. Christian Kirk was at Arizona. Yes, they're paying him an insane amount of money, but he was at Arizona. He was a decent number two at Arizona. And you've seen already what he can do. So he's actually not, not a bad acquisition in that respect. Say Jones is another one. He was at the Raiders. Was he great? Not amazing, but he was all right. And you can see that they're starting to build a bit of a rapport with Trevor Lawrence, and it's it's going okay in that. And then you've got the two running backs as well, who both look decent. And James Robinson, especially coming back from his injury, looks very, very good. You've got Travis Etienne, who, you know, it's his first couple of games that he's played in the NFL because of his injury last year. But he looked okay. He didn't look awful, but he wasn't amazing because obviously James Robinson was taking some snaps as well. So yeah, they they look like a team that I think the thing is it's a very low bar, you know. I mean they they were sort of at the bottom of you know being the number one pick for the last two years in a row. But there's progress and there is improvement, and I think that I think we'll find that they won't be getting the number one pick this year. There are there are many more worse teams. They yeah. are top of their division right now too, which is obviously <laughs> a rare yeah. treat for them. You forgot to mention on when you were talking about teams they've got to play. You didn't say they've got to play the Titans twice, and the Titans look pretty poor at the moment. You know they are struggling to distribute the ball at that team. If if Derek Henry doesn't get it done, it doesn't get done. Uh, but yeah, the, the Jags. Let's give them a bit more love. I mean. Um, Doug Peterson said the main reason he went to the Jags is because they had Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it's what he wanted to do. It's who he wanted to go and see. Uh, and starting off eight for eight and a touchdown, um, you know, it, it's just uh, great steps. And I can't help but think that uh, this team does remind me a little bit of the Lions last year. Um, you know, they're putting points up on the board. They've got some nice pieces on the defense. Yeah, like Adam said, they're not going to win every week uh, and they're going to struggle against the better teams. But like we saw last week with them, they were really competitive against the commanders. They were in that game all the way to the end. They've got a win this week and they shut the Colts out. You know, there's lots of stuff to build on and they're slowly becoming a team that you go in, you know what, I, I, I wouldn't mind keeping my eye on that game and seeing how they do and seeing if there is a bit of a culture there that, uh, like, like we've said with the Lions. So there's a bit of a likability factor with them. Um, and I think that, yeah, if, if, if they look competitive in games, that they're, they're just going to grow from that and, and be a better uh, franchise going forward. So, yeah, a bit of love for the... Well, I even the watched them in week one um, a little bit when they were against the Commanders. And they were very unlucky in that game. They had the game in their hands. They could have won that game. Um, and again, they just couldn't get it over the line, which, as you mentioned, a bit like the Lions last year. How many games did they almost win last year? I think for a team that has been so poor for so long, like you think back to how they went from the AFC Championship game to literally late early round pick again, literally within season or two, to I think their fan base just wants them to be competitive for, at least for a bit. Because they, they def, their fan base definitely deserves it because they've got some real passionate fans in Jacksonville. And they're a club that's obviously got a bit of a soft spot for the UK fans as well because obviously we've seen so much of them. And they are a team that I say I've, I've, I've duvaled many a time after a few drinks. Um, 
and I, and it's one of those where they are a team that I will admit I've got a bit of soft spot for, but it's a team that you do want to see do well just because of how often they're over here as well, um, and they are very seem very much commit to the long haul to the UK as well. So they are a team that we selfishly in the UK we want them to do well because it means we get a better standard of team playing here, which can only be a good thing for us fans here in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Fully agree with that. Adam, uh, for you, what was your thing that you'd like to bring to the table from week two? So the thing that I want to bring is what are we going to do about Josh Allen? Like what it is, it is taking the, the man is, he's, it's Erling Haaland in the Premier League. That's what it is. What the hell are we going to do with this guy? Because it's taking the mickey. He's too good. He needs something needs to happen. The Bills have put up is it thirty one in the first game, forty one well, in the second. Seventy two points haven't they conceded seventeen? Yeah. Yeah. In two games. It is ridiculous. And I know that it's not just Josh Allen. I know that the O line obviously is keeping him upright and he's got some phenomenal receivers there. And that defense is ridiculous as well. It really is to be able to keep them down to, you know, seven points and, and the Super Bowl winners last year down to 10. I think that's something that we forget that, you know, they went into LA first game of the season and embarrassed the Super Bowl win. They really did. And now I know Tennessee are not, they don't look great. But at the same time, they were the first. You know, they were the number one seed last year in the AFC. They've, they destroyed them. They absolutely destroyed them last night. And it's, it's ridiculous because you've got so many, um, you know, so many good players on that team now where you just sort of think to yourself, where are the losses coming? And who are they actually coming against? Because forget about the season like the regular season, because they're not going to, you know, they will win. They're, they're not going to win every game, but they will win probably, I don't know, 14 games, 13 games, relatively comfortably. So they'll be in the playoffs. So who in the AFC beats them? Because I, I don't think anyone in the NFC in the Super Bowl beats them. I, I just don't think anyone's strong enough. So it's got to be someone in the AFC. Are we literally hoping that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs can do what they did last year. Is that all we're hoping in in a bid to stop them? Because it's mental. <laughs> See, for, from my point of view, it's one of them where you, you've got, kind of got to be lucky as well as a team. You've got to rely on not getting too many injuries. Um, obviously, Gabe was out last week and yet still didn't seem to affect them. Um, because someone else just steps up. So you've kind of got to get a bit a little bit lucky with injuries. And to be fair, they traditionally aren't a team you expect and see half their squad go down. It's, they're not like it sad to hear for me to say, like an Eagles side that traditionally I expect to lose at least four players in the next few weeks. Um but at the same point all the things that Adam said in relation to just Josh Allen, he's basically a cheat code right now. Like him to Diggs is basically automatic six points. 
Like you just see every time he seems to throw it, digs his way. It seems to be a catch for for a touchdown. It's like where how don't get me wrong, I don't think the Titans defense helped at all. I think that they were quite young and naive. I think a lot of the players that were on them, I think they would did leave an awful lot to be desired, that defense. But they did the same thing the previous week to the current defending champions. They made Ramsey look it was quite of embarrassing some of the things that Ramsey was left exposed, even right down to simple things like them noticing that Ramsey doesn't swap sides of the field. So they just would move Diggs to the other side. So he wasn't going to be guarded by Ramsey. Like it, it's not re- revolutionary stuff, but just noticing things like that and being that smart to think, hang on, let's get away from probably their best one of their best defenders, let's get away from him and free up digs for whatever. But even when he wasn't, they still kind of embarrassed Ramsey with some of the other things, that some of the long balls that he literally fell foul for and that kind of stuff. So I do think right now they are ridiculously hard to stop. I think Kansas City is probably your best bet. Um, There's no one else I can see from the NFC as much as I'd love to say a certain team in the NFC right now. There's no way we'd stop them, I don't think, right now. Um, they're, they're just... You need them to have an off game at the biggest game of the season, basically. You need either injuries or for them to literally just not turn up. The pressure to get to them at that point. point. But it doesn't seem like pressure affects Josh Allen at all. Like He's just an absolute monster. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's Loves a good, tough run. Like, how many scepters has he got? Is it four now he's got on the angry runs for, from Good Morning Football? Is it four of them he's got? So he literally is just an absolute beast. And you combine that with the rest of that team, I just can't see how they get stopped other than the Chiefs getting, getting them one night where they literally outshine them just. Yeah, See, I, mean, I, I don't even think that injuries are going to do much because it, it, unless it's to specific players, mainly Josh Allen. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I, well, I, I think I Diggs see... as well is another. If Diggs went down, I think they would because as yeah. much as I know you got Gabe there and stuff like that, but I just think that Diggs is just that too as a combo. Like yeah. I know he doesn't get mentioned in the when anyone talks about top five wide receivers and the league, which I don't get at all, because for me, he's in there. He is top five for me. And yet, I think if he goes down, that that changes the dynamics of the team a lot. But how often does he go down? Yeah, this this is, this is a conversation that we, we've had in previous years. This isn't a new conversation, really, with the Bills. I mean, um, don't get me wrong, I love them. I'm on the bandwagon. I want them to do well. I want them to get over that hurdle and finally get there. But last season, we were saying how good they are, how Josh Allen's a cheat code, how good he is. But when it got to the towards the end of the season, towards the end of the month, going into the playoffs, we had the same question marks over them of they've got no run game. And when it doesn't quite happen with the passing game, they've got they've got nothing to fall back on. And they didn't again last night. There was there was next to I know the, the passing game was so good, but there was no run game whatsoever. I mean, they got a bit of garbage time from uh, James Cook didn't there. I think he had a big 33-yard run. Bar that, Singletary, 
under 20 yards, Moss under 20 yards, Josh Allen didn't even run with it. Uh, are we going to be saying that come week uh, 15, 16, going like, oh, can they go all the way because there is no run game? Because we, we said this last year. Uh, it's my only concern with them. I'm the same with you guys. I don't see who's stopping them. They've got a very, very tough run of, I think, four games coming up, haven't they? Have they got Miami? That'd be a good test for them. Yeah, uh, so they've they, got they, the Ravens. Yeah, they've got the Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Packers as their next five. But, I mean, you're talking about a Dolphins team that's just given up 38 points to the Ravens. Uh, a Ravens team that's just given up 41 points to the Dolphins. The Steelers' defence without TJ Watt, because he probably won't be back in time for that. Obviously, the Chiefs is one that we're saying is going to be tough. And then the Packers, where, OK, the defence is is decent, but I think I don't think the Packers' offence is going to be strong enough to keep up with them. Uh, I, I just... It, I mean, it's the Chiefs. That's the only one I see. And... Even and then, I'm not 100%. See, you're selling me more towards my Eagles now when you're talking about the lack of run game. Like, we've got some pretty good cover at the back there. Slay just literally obliterated. Come on, the Eagles now stand a chance based on this. Lack of run game. There's no team that has a better run game out there than us. Um, uh, it, okay, I'm joking, obviously. Um, it is literally for me, the Chiefs or nothing. You say that, but um, there was a, a game on uh, the first game of, uh, of of the week for week two, the Chargers versus the Chiefs. The Chargers were actually, stats-wise, all the yeah. points that matter, bar the score, they were the better team. They had, um, I think they beat them in every single uh, line you'd probably want them to, bar the final score. Uh, other than that interception, they, they were the better team. It's just the Chargers being the Chargers... I was going uh, to say that. Isn't that just not the story the of the Chargers? It's the Raiders for Adam. It's the Chargers for me. I say they just have they have the best team. They have all the, all the everything they need. They just can't win games. But for me, they were they were better than the Chiefs in that game. Uh, and and if if that clicks, they could be uh, a, a team to to watch over the Chiefs. I think. I think you know they were unlucky to to lose that game. Yeah, See, I the think Chargers you're right. are. Sorry, Sorry go on, I think I think the, the Chargers are one of those teams that they've got everything in their arsenal that you would want. Like for me, that the fact that Herbert gets so lauded and said how great he is, yet the team doesn't win games when they need to. And I know there's other th factors in that, but you look at other quarterbacks who literally get said they're not good enough when their teams win games. And yet, when it comes down to him, if they don't make the playoffs or at least do well in the playoffs this year, I think it takes a lot of the shine off Herbert for me. Yeah, he's good at getting your stats, but then there are other QBs are very good for fantasy points, but they're not going to go off and ever do you anything in regards to winning anything of merit. Um, and he might become one of those quarterbacks that you, if you're playing fantasy, you draft him every year because you know he's going to get you loads of points week in, week out. But is he going to be that guy gets you over the line and wins your game? So far, I don't think he's proven that too often. Where you need a touchdown to win a game, is he going to be the guy who does that? So you mean Whereas, Rivers? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but that's the problem that he's currently got at the moment. The fact that they have they've got no excuse not to have a to make the playoffs, 
and at least be in contention for the divisional round or even the cha- the championship game. It's just the fact that they don't seem to be able to get over that line, and that's an element that they will need to get through and get past that. Otherwise, as I say, he will become one of those quarterbacks that you'll get. If you're doing fantasy, you'll have him because you'll get your loads of points. But as a fan, it'd be quite infuriating, I think, to never get to the Winner. big games. I think he will. I think he. I think he's good enough to get there eventually. I, it, it's the whole team, and they need to gel. They're, they're one of them where they've brought in some big players, and it needs to gel a bit. And they they look they look all right. I think he's good enough for it and to get there. It's just these. I mean, he, he is still a bit younger, and I think the problem is, is inevitably he gets compared to like Mahomes because they're in the same division and stuff like that. But I think he's a he's a good enough quarterback to get that. But. It might just take a bit more time with it. Well, we've we've talked about how much we uh praising the Jags, we've praised the Bills, there's been a bit of praise for the Lions. But is there any teams that we need to hit the panic button? What's going on at the Bengals? Are you guys worried about them? Owen oh, too. Is there a bit of hangover? What are you saying, Adam? The Bengals is it's a weird one, isn't it? It really has been quite strange because um we both when we did a did the preview. We were both pretty adamant that they'll win the division. That they're they're too, you know. We we both came out and said that the Ravens were certainly going to be a lot better than they were last year. But we felt they would they would beat the rest quite easily, and they really really struggled. Um, I think the O line. It reminds me of the Kansas City O line. I think it's going to take about six to eight weeks for it to gel and for it to work. I know that they're more experienced players rather than drafted players, but. I think it's it's just what it is. It's sometimes it takes a while for it to, to come together. So I think that O-line will take a little bit of time. Uh, when when it does, I think you'll see a big improvement. But at the moment, it's not looking great. And a lot of it seems to be from the O-line because it's just her um, Burrow just can't, he just can't stay up long enough half the time. And, and that's the issue with it. But uh yeah, I mean, we had someone ask us, should you know, should we be officially worried about the Bengals? And I, I think it's it is starting to get to that point a little bit. I'm not, I'm not too sure who they've got to play next, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not looking great, and they've you know they've just lost to the Cowboys, and uh, you know, Cooper Rush as <laughs> the quarterback, it, it's not great. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's too late for them. It depends. It depends who they've got. I'm not too sure who they've got in the next couple of weeks. I think what's concerned me is the fact that last year their biggest problem was their O line letting up, letting too many sacks. It was it was what basically one of the reasons they lost the Super Bowls because of how many times Burrow got hit, and yet they've got worse this year. And as you, I know you mentioned they'll take time to gel and stuff like that, but that's what you have pre-season for that's what you have these camps where they get other teams into chair camps with it's to work on these kind of things and like isn't he on track at the moment to have be sacked over a hundred times this year or something like that if it carries on at this rate which is an obscene amount like he already got the most sacks to still make it to a super bowl last year like i don't know what the record is but he's surely on track to be the most sacked quarterback in the league, and that can't be good for his long-term health more than anything. 
Like, you've got this franchise quarterback there that you could basically be ruining by not protecting him. And it's, to be fair, the, the Bengals are a team that I say my dad's a massive Bengals fan. Um, so I always feel bad, like, slating them so much because um, it took them a long time to become good. At, but at the same point, they're just take, taking a massive backward step. And the wide receivers are still going to be as good as they were last year if you can get the ball to them. But you can't get the ball anywhere near them because by the time Burrow looks up, he's on his backside. It's, how can a team get points on the board if you cannot protect your quarterback? It's it's The only thing they can do is things like try and see if they can utilise screens because they know they're not going to block them, so they might as well try other th- screenplays to see whether that will free up a bit of space. But other than that, I can't see anything that they can do at this point. I think they are at risk of having a horrific season just because they can't protect their, one of their main prized assets. Yeah, they've got the Jets uh, next week. So if they don't win that one, I think it's panic mode um, for them. And that despite the fact that the Jets look good, You've then got Miami, Ravens, Saints. You've got the Falcons in there, but um, I, I, I agree with Adam. I think it's about that O-line clicking. Um, they're all pros on that uh, offensive line. Uh, so as soon as it clicks, um, I think we'll, they'll, they'll be able to beat most teams they come up against. You know, I, don't, I think the bar sort of the Chiefs, Bills, the ones we've talked about, I think they've got the ability to beat everybody else if that O-line clicks. I think that's all that needs to needs to happen. Um, and it just shows that uh, not playing your starters in preseason sort of does advert, hold you back a little bit because the team's currently winning and currently playing well and the teams have played their starters. So uh, I think there's a little bit about that there. I know they were worried about Burrow and his injury or his ops or anything like that, but Equally, I'd be more worried with the amount of battering he's getting uh, in the first two weeks. So, uh, Adam, do you think there's um, anything in it in not playing in the preseason? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming you've come to me for a reason. Uh, <laughs> you know, as a, as a Packers fan, we don't play the offense in the preseason. Look how well that worked in week one. Uh, it's exactly the same last week. It's, it's, you know, it, it, I, I don't get it. I, I think. I think you're going to see this more often, though, because um, especially if what the, you know, the NFL hope to do when it comes to, like, expansion and getting bigger and things like that, the theory behind it is that, oh, maybe in the future, instead of being 17 games and three preseason, we go 18 games and two preseason. That is something that's been mentioned. So that's, you know, I think it is a thing. If you, If you don't get... Game time, it's all well and good having these camps with other teams and they probably are going quite hard. But at the same time, both sets of coaches are not going to want their players to go down in a pointless preseason exercise. So it it becomes almost like you don't gel until you actually have game time. You look at the first week with the Packers and their offense. They went to Minnesota. It looked like they'd, they'd never met. So, you know, I mean, it, it's you look at this O-line on the Bengals, none of them really, and certainly none of the experienced guys did anything in pre-season. Um, Burrow, did Burrow do anything? I don't think he didn't play. played, did he? No, he didn't, didn't play. play at all in, in pre-season. So I think it is a big thing. And like you say, you look at some of these teams. I mean, 
you know, we've all seen with the Lions, haven't we? And, and on hard knocks about how in these preseason games, you know, Swift was getting a little, not a lot, but a little bit of action. Jamal Williams was getting a bit. So, you know, the um, Aiden Hutchinson, I know he's a rookie, so he's probably more likely to, but he was getting some action as well. And look how well they've started. I mean, they, they were a bit, you know, they played well against the Eagles and were, you could argue, were a little bit unlucky, but, you know, they were so far behind, they couldn't sort of catch it up. But it just goes to show that I think a bit of preseason you know, them actually playing a proper preseason game, I think is more beneficial than any sort of training that they do. And it's just, um, yeah, a bit of a bit. I, I think it's a, a big thing for a lot of these teams. Well, when you look as well with, with speaking of the Lions there, it allows you to discover players that potentially might not have started for you. Look at that Rodriguez or Rodrigo, yeah. as they affectionately know him. Um He's gone from being a player that no one had really put much thought into as to being, was it their third number one selling jersey by the end of Hard Knocks? Because of obviously the hype they were giving him. Um, but it allows, and then because he's played quite regularly, he was already up to match speed when it came to the first game of the season. He's also got a bit of confidence with the fact that he's gone from being a potential player from not necessarily, he wasn't ever at risk of them thinking of being cut or anything like that. But he was a player that was not going to be started to being a player that is now a starter. He's, he's got the game time, the confidence that's clearly given him. And he has since shone since he started to play. Like, obviously, I watched the Eagles versus Lions game intently, and he was probably one of their better defenders that day. As much as um, Hutchinson's obviously the big name on that defense, he was quiet against us. A lot of the tackles were coming from Rodrigo, Rodriguez, whichever name he wants to go by. Um, but he was he was phenomenal that game, and there was a lot of hype. Even the commentators were saying like how much hype there is around him. Whereas a lot of that you do think is he did get a lot of snaps during preseason. He did get a lot of even during camps and stuff. He was in mixed camp. He looked good during that. And for me, he's a player that has shone because of that kind of pre-season getting snaps that he might not have had otherwise. Now, there's two other teams I probably would like to bring up, but I'm going to keep them quiet for a little bit because I, I think we bang on the Raiders quite a lot and they're 0-2, so there's difficulties there. And I think the Colts fans have already been through enough, uh, let alone us, saying uh, what's going wrong on there. But there's one other team I'd like to talk about uh, and their struggles, and I'm not finding it's clicking quite yet, and that's the Broncos. Uh, mm-hmm. they, don't, they look like they're really struggling. There was a lot of hype about this team going into the season. Uh, what do you think is not clicking and not working there, Gareth? Um, it's an interesting one, because as you say, because they, they don't seem to... If we go back to week one, for example... Like, I don't get why you don't pay... Well, you're paying a quarterback the money they're paying him and then decide to go for a field goal. There just doesn't seem to be much confidence in the play call at this point in time. I know they all talk about it being everything's fine, there's no problems, we all were happy with the play call. It just seems a bit odd, some of the play calling they're doing. Um, they don't seem to have fully clicked as an offence yet. And I know, obviously, a QB going into a team 
can have that. It doesn't always gel straight away. You can say similarly with the Colts about Matt Ryan hasn't necessarily gelled there straight away. Um, but for me, they just they don't seem a cohesive unit. Um, didn't Judy go down as well in that game, which wouldn't have helped them, which it, he's, don't get me wrong, he's one of a few weapons they've got there, but he's a hell of a weapon to go down on them. Is there any announcement? Is he out long term? Have they said? No, he's day to day. Oh, is he? But yeah, him going down obviously doesn't help because obviously he's one of your main targets. Um, there just doesn't seem to be that cohesion that you'd want from a team, at, even at this early stage in the season for me. Um, so they're the two things for me. I think it's, the play call just seems odd combined with the sheer lack of cohesion. Now, before we go to Adam, uh, because obviously he's probably got a lot to say about this, I'm going to put my 50p in first so you could rebuttal it. Um, I think the main issue is Nathaniel Hackett. I, I generally think he he's out of his depth. Um, I know new head coach, not done it before, but play calling, clock management, timeouts they're wasting them massively uh, I think he's a bit out of his depth and I think they've got to they've got to do something quickly like I was last season when I was like Jason Garrett needs to go and go quick no it's 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 head coach and you're going to give him a bit more time you know him probably a little bit better than us uh because of his time at, at Green Bay but do you think that he is the problem or do you think Russell and being a bit older is the problem what, what do you think so what I remember is that um, basically Nathaniel Hackett did make some of the calls in Green Bay, but it was predominantly Lafleur who who ran that offense. Lafleur and Rogers, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. But like, I mean, I said, does like, anyone call on... plays for Rogers? Doesn't he just walk out there and do what he wants? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, but on the coaching side, it was predominantly Lafleur. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not really in much disagreement with you when it when it comes to that. I, I do think that he he hasn't necessarily had loads of experience when it comes to play calling an offense. Obviously, he has experience with dealing with a you know, a top quality quarterback and talking to him and coaching with him and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you, you do have to question that that call at the end of the previous game mm. um, in week one where you just sort of think, why did you pay him the money? You know, what what, what did you pay Wilson the money for if you're going to do that? It's a, it's a strange one. If the field goal was like 40 yards, then maybe fair enough sort of thing. But you know, it was wasn't it meant like sixty four or something like that? It was. I think a, wasn't it wasn't as his wasn't it as about wouldn't have been his record kick or something. Yeah. It's, it's one of his highest. And on yeah. top of that, his ratio once he gets past that was really low. I think then I see it was some in the tens or twenties percentile. If when it comes to like his percentage of making kicks from that distance, um, it was just a really odd call, and it just. As a head coach, surely you go out there to try and you go out there to win games and you go out there to be aggressive. Like I mentioned, Doug, there's no way Doug Peterson from it would have made that call. No. Like, 
I know obviously he has his faults with the point where he, he's too aggressive sometimes, where it's like four and ten, we're going for it. No, can't calm it down. <laughs> but at the same point, there's no way he's making that call. But then that's the reason he's a coach that's won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Play call yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think it is, you know, you need to know when to when to gamble and when not. And I think that that's something that with Nathaniel Hackett, he he will, you know, if given time, he will learn. I think it, it's that that simple. It's just maybe he's not quite up to speed when it comes to, to doing that sort of thing at the moment. We said in, well, I, I mean, I, I put in, in the preview that I did, I, gen- I don't think this is the year for the Broncos. I really don't. I, I think they need this year to gel everyone together so that then they can progress in the future. I think, you know, you, you've got Wilson on a contract now that's, I mean, was it, is it six years, something like that? So you've got him for a long time. Nathaniel Hackett signed a, a contract for a long time. I, I think it's not something that you can just expect to happen like you know like that it just doesn't work like that and so you know whereas for I think in the last week's program was very much it's only week one I think this one is they need time I think that's that's what it is and I wouldn't expect a massive amount from them I would expect them to I don't expect them to come last in their division but I don't expect them to be taking on the Chiefs or the Chargers really now, uh, last week when we did the show, uh, Freddie ended on uh, talking about which player was his uh, highlight of the week. I think we'll uh, we'll go back to that. I thought it was a nice little touch. Gareth, who was your player of the week in week two? Well, could I first go back to my, not necessarily player, but my favourite moment of the week go on. was the um, Raiders fans celebrating far <laughs> too early with, with, <laughs> with bottles of the magnums of champagne. That's my favourite moment of the week. Um, from a selfish point of view, my player of the week was Darius Slay. Um, yesterday, there was a certain wide receiver that was supposed to come in and completely destroy the Eagles yesterday. And he left the game with one ca- one catch for seven yards. Um for me, he was just everywhere. Like every time that every time there was seemed to be a ball being thrown by Kirk Cousins, it seemed to be heading towards big place like even to the point where there's even been I saw a meme go out yesterday where early on this morning, basically going with Kirk Cousins look looking like a throw and going, I'm sure Slay's somewhere. Um, which is just just because of where he seemed to be. And that was the catalyst, I think, for that win because we literally kept them out of the game and whatever he seemed to throw the ball, Slay was there. So for me, selfishly, that's... But if I had to choose one that's not an eagle because I'm sure you're fed up with me talking about the eagles at this point, it is Hutchinson at Detroit Lions. That performance... Um, I know Carson Wentz has nightmares about getting sacked at the best of times from his days at the Eagles. and But the amount of times, if it wasn't necessarily sacks, it was the pressures. So either way, I'm choosing a player on the D side of the ball, I think. Can, can I guess who Adam's going to say before he says it? You ain't going to get it, but go for it. Oh, I I, the one thing I would say, 
one with uh, the one thing that I found the Raiders fans just going crazy early was quite fun. But the other thing is there is a photo going out where I, I can't remember the defender's guy's name, the Arizona guy who picked up the ball and got the last final touchdown. And he's celebrating in the back end. And all these Raiders fans just look really depressed. And there's just one guy, one solitary guy, just standing there with his phone, just going like that, going, damn. <laughs> just texting someone how upset he is. That game that. seemed to generate all kinds of stuff. I've seen right down to someone described that run. Um, the run, basically, where for the two-point play was basically like watching a kid who'd stole his mum's phone yeah. trying to avoid yeah, it. yeah. Like, yeah, it was just spot on because it was just the way yeah. the run and everything about it. It was just one of those plays that you think, surely he's going to get caught now. Oh, any second. Right. Seconds, At some point, he's going to get tackled here. Did, and, did, did someone say he ran around for 80 yards before he went in? Yeah. It was 80 metres, I thought I heard. It was something like 80 <laughs> metres he'd ran for, which is ridiculous. So who am I picking? Come I on. thought you were going to say I'm on Rasen Brown. I thought that, that might be your guy. But... Okay, Ooh, no, that would have been a good I, show. Yeah, I hadn't thought of him. I, I had I had two. One one is very boring. I It's also because he helped me win my week in fantasy. Tyreek Hill, I thought, was just ridiculous. <sighs> and, you know, the two touchdowns was just, just crazy. And it's really annoying to Gareth because he traded me. Tyreek Hill, so I thought I'd throw that one. <laughs> I should have guessed but, that. Yeah. <laughs> but, Still rub it in. Uh, no, the one guy I'm going for, I'm going to just, I know that how much Freddie doesn't like this guy, or it feels like he doesn't like this guy anyway, but we have to give Joe Flacco some props for coming back from, I, what was the score? Was it 30-16 or 30-17? With Hardly any time left on the clock. It was to less than two back. minutes, wasn't it, the ad? Yeah. Throw throw a touchdown very quickly. They get the ball back from the onside kick, and then he does it again. And, you know, we're talking about a guy who was, a, you know, was a really good quarterback and is now kind of more of a statue, but suddenly came to life last, <laughs> on Sunday. And, um, yeah, I think he did. You know, you, you're not going to see much of that. So I, I've got to, I've got to put Flacco in this time because it ain't going to happen again this season. Well, that's quite a nice little segue into my favourite player because uh, mine was Garrett Wilson. Okay. <laughs> you know, this guy before the season started, um, after preseason, all of that, he was listed as the fourth string on their depth chart, being one of the a first round pick. A lot of hype out of Ohio State. Everyone was talking about him. And then all of a sudden, they were talking that he wasn't good enough. He wasn't wasn't going to quite make it. He couldn't even get into that trio in the Jets team. Week one, he was good. I said he'd be good this week after watching him. And he went out and put eight catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. He showed he can be that wide receiver one. And he is a rookie. I think that's really good for him. I'm really proud uh, of what he achieved. And uh, I really hope he grows on that so far. For me, he was my uh, my standout one to watch because you know Tyreek Hill. It's not something we haven't seen before, so you know that that's a bit of an obvious one. But he's yeah, well Garrett, known as being quite a good player. You'd be a fool to trade him in <laughs> in any draft. Um, but yeah, did, 
Before we go, Adam, did we answer all the questions? You said we had questions. Did, did, did we nail them all prior? So we did one about the Bengals. Uh, someone asked, can the Giants go 3-0 and after uh, the weekend against against the Cowgirls? Is that possible? Yes, that's an easy one. I, th I think I think we can get a victory in that one. I said I, I think we can go 4-0. and uh, um, Finally, is the AFC West not as good as everyone thought it was? Gareth, do you want to take that one? See, I saw that one earlier. And for me, it's, you've still got... All because the couple of teams had a slow start doesn't mean that it's not a good division. Like, and we're pretty sure we've spoke about two of the teams yes. already saying about being potential teams to potentially stop the Bills. So <laughs> I think it's safe to say, don't get me wrong, I think that we expected all four teams to be good, I think is the, is the come down. We expected all four to be good and it turns out they're not. Um, I think that's the difference. I think that we're expecting everyone to be on that division, and it turns out there's only two teams that are. Yeah, as you as you said, I think I think the real reason behind it is that it was almost like everyone was just automatically assuming that three of them teams would be in the playoffs. You know, there was even talk about is it possible that all four yeah. could end up in the playoffs? <laughs> so I think because it's come from such a high bar that they just everyone felt that was what was going to happen. Um, yeah, I think that was all it all. But yeah, that was it. So to be right. fair, who was for my just one further question, who was gonna win the AFC South? The way that's Saints. looking at the moment. Who's that? Saints. Saints. Yeah, I said that from from the, the AFC South. AFC South. Oh sorry, I was going in. Um the, the, the division has one win between them. Oh, I yeah. think the Colts will still win it. Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose they haven't really fallen behind much, have they? <laughs> no. When Jags top the division with one win, it's not a great start sign. No. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think Colt. I mean, we we all said Colts, didn't we, at the beginning? And I, I think eventually they'll turn it round and oh. um, and get there. Like I said, I think the Jags are competitive. I just don't think they're they're good enough to do much no. now. Um, the Titans just don't look great. I'm, I'm not not fussed with that. I. I I hate to say it, I really do, but it does feel a little bit like Henry's starting to slow a little. I don't know if that's just because of the team around him, but it, it does feel a little bit like that this season. Um, See, I don't think then... that's the case with him. I think the fact that you literally bear in mind, I know week one, the Giants, yeah. he was his first game back, sometimes, but then week two, he is up against that Bills defence. I think yeah. that's him against a normal team defensively that on a normal week, not like week one. It might have been more the game script where they were just so far behind that you have to throw and, and stuff like yeah. that. So maybe it, it is more that. But um, yeah, I just, I I don't know. And, and then I've completely forgotten who the other team is. The Texans. <laughs> yeah. Texans, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they're not very good. <laughs> they're gettable, aren't they? You know, <laughs> that's yeah. all we can say about them. Well, that's all we've got time for, guys. Uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, we're going to have more shenanigans on Thursday with fantasy stuff, so don't tune in for that. Then me and Adam will be back on Sunday for uh, the preview show and all your betting needs. We had a couple of big wins in the betting, Adam. You got a Gareth is Yes, we did, Adam. So make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, Adam will make you a millionaire before the season's out. Uh, but thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, and uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers.
Cheers.